Hola, amigos. Bienvenidos to Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen. And Hayden Bo. And today we have two amazing guests on the podcast, Gio and Bart Kwan. They are the owners of Barbell Brigade and JK News and actually like a million other businesses that they've started over the years that we're going to discuss. Um, a big bulk of this podcast is surrounding their uh, business ventures and uh, the timeline and why they chose to go that route. Uh, and then their their journey into fitness Uh, we also talk about relationships, specifically how they met. It's a pretty juicy story. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the tea time of the podcast, so you don't want to miss that. La hora del La hora del day of the podcast, you don't want to miss that part. Um, then we talk about their roles in the business and kind of their dynamics and where they see themselves going in the future. And then we talk about some pop culture uh, gossip as well. Talk about Justin Bieber being sued and him suing back for $10 million. The whole thing with Chris D'Elia, cancel culture, and uh, how that can really, really affect someone's reputation, how it should be um, up to the justice system to decide what to do. Yeah. As always, this podcast brought to you by Ghost Strong Equipment. You can check them out at GhostStrongEquipment.com or uh, on Instagram at GhostStrongEquipment. Uh, you know, we always say these guys are the best, and that's because it's true. We outfit our whole gym with all their equipment. Uh, they'll be back to taking orders shortly. If you follow the podcast, you'll know that they've been backed up for a couple of weeks, but they're uh, they're going to be back in biz real soon. So check them out. Give them a follow on Instagram and enjoy the rest of this podcast. It was harder to schedule this podcast than it would have been if I tried to schedule a podcast with Obama. <laughs> I feel no, like. No way. Yeah, right. <laughs> really? I, I didn't feel any of the pain. Steffi's like my scheduler, so. She's just like, we have a podcast this afternoon. I'm like, okay, I'll be there, I guess. Yeah, but then, <laughs> you know what? It's it's hard to be me sometimes because all the responsibility is on me. You know, like if people cancel or like if they don't show whatever, then you're like, ah, oh, really? And I'm like, it's not my fault. You know what I mean? I know, I know. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm sorry. Yo, lower me, my volume in my ears a little bit, please. It's too loud. Um, but I'm glad we were able to make it work. So welcome to the Hybrid Unlimited. Yay! Awesome. Thanks for having us. We're the, excited to be here. The best fitness podcast in South Florida. <laughs> I mean, according I to me. One. Yeah, it's probably I, the only I, one. I, I've heard that. I've heard it. I, I saw a tweet about it. <laughs> Do you guys know the Massonomics guys? They have a, a podcast and they bought a billboard, like this big billboard. And the whole thing is just like, it's a goof. So I think it said the, the best fitness podcast about nothing to come out of Northeast South Dakota. <laughs> and then it says like, it's like a, a quote. And then it says like the president of North Dakota. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the shit I love. I know. I've always wanted to have a billboard. Yeah. Or, or, Not or really, but I mean, ever since I saw that billboard, now I want one. Yeah, now you're jealous. Yeah, I want a big billboards, but the billboards in LA are so expensive. Yeah, I can imagine. What would you What would you put on the billboard? A picture of your butt? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That'd be nice. You have a nice butt. Yeah, I don't know yet, but I do, I do want it to be goofy and fun. Maybe put wrong, wrong freeway signs. Fun first, right? 
Uh, or you know how they have those optical illusions, right? Where yeah. it's like, uh, you know, when they draw on the sidewalk and it looks like you're like looking down yeah, yeah, the yeah. skyscraper. Uh, Maybe I can draw something where it looks like it looks like you're looking into the black hole into space. <laughs> when people are driving, they're like, "Oh shit!" Hold up the sky. And then after they drive by, they're like, "Oh, it's just a billboard." I'll accept this, but I get better. I like that. I like the creativity there. Um, guys, I'm super excited to be talking to you, and and we'll probably need episode or part one, two, three, four, five because I have so much to talk to you guys about. Because you guys are like the most eclectic uh, couple, business couple that I know. Like you guys are on everything, and I love that about you guys. You know that you just kind of follow your passions and crush it. You know, you, you really devote yourself to a project. And actually, even if you don't, even if it ends up being something that didn't end up being what you thought, you don't sweat the you don't sweat the failures. You know, you just kind of let that go and then try something else. You don't let it define you. And you're not afraid of taking risks. You know, you're you're you wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah, I'm just sure. never seen us cry at home. Yeah, all. yeah, but there's a lot of crying and running mascara. It's <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm so curious well I know some of the answers to these but probably not all of them and I know our, our listeners would be super interested what are all the different businesses that you run and what what was the order of how you started those businesses and why are you involved in them because I just find it so interesting we, we have a few different businesses but they're all within the fitness space and it's like I look at the businesses that you guys are involved in and and doing so well in, and it's almost like you like you had a wheel of like random different things, and you just spun it, and you're like, all right, now we're gonna do this one, and then you guys just crush it. So I think I think I asked like five questions there, but basically, you know, what what are all the businesses? How'd you get into them, and, and in what order? Okay, um, so it started off with our whole JK side of stuff, which stands for Just Kidding Films. And that was when me and my, my partner, who I'm still partners with, he's my best friend, uh, we were in the middle of college and he sent me this video of like, it's framed like this and he drew eyeballs on his chin and he was telling <laughs> a story about how his dog died. <laughs> and he sent that to me. I thought it was hilarious. So I made another video um, that I thought was funny. And I sent it to him, not knowing that YouTube was a public space. I thought it was like photo bucket where you just upload a video. It's kind of like a server. Oh my God. Remember photo bucket? No. <laughs> I'm so younger. We're sending these things yeah, back and forth. And then it started getting all kinds of views, like a hundred views and then 200 views. And I think it got up to 800 views and we were freaking out. We're like, 800 views? This is insane. It's like a whole block of people. And then, uh, so that summer we decided to let's just uh, start teaming up and making comedy. And we didn't even know what we're doing was comedy. We just were trying to make videos to make ourselves laugh. And then eventually when we graduated college, then we started taking writing classes, sketch comedy classes, improv classes. And we really wanted to kind of build almost like a key and peel and living color online, especially for like the Asian American community. Cause there wasn't that much Asian American uh, content out there. And that's why uh, Geo ended up joining. We needed a producer, so the scheduling headache that you're talking about, Steffi, Geo is a fucking master at. Like, oh, thank you. Balancing <laughs> multiple casts, multiple location, wardrobe, makeup. Like, you throw Geo in the mix, and everything's gonna be locked down. Like, that's that's her forte. 
she came in, helped us out with that. And so we were just very comedy based. And then, uh, but I've always been into fitness in terms of just like being a bro at the gym. And then so, um, and, and, the, and the videos, people are like, oh, okay, I know Bart's kind of like this comedian or whatever, but he looks kind of jacked. Like, Bart, teach me how to lift. I'm like, man, I don't know anything about lifting. I'm just a comedian. I just like lifting on my own. And then uh, eventually got enough comments where I'm like, how about this? I'm not a pro, but I'll share my lifting journey with people. So if I decide to do, I don't know, like shoulders and groin one day, you're going to do shoulders and groin with me. Or I like that. Yeah, if I'm going to do hamstrings and traps, then you do hamstrings and traps. So Stephanie's like, what kind of workouts are you doing? <laughs> I'll do hamstrings and traps. And then, so I started a YouTube channel. And then I was like, you know what? I'm the strongest guy in my local gym. So I'm like, I wonder how strong I am compared to like other people. And I didn't even know what powerlifting was. I just Googled strength competition. And then this thing called powerlifting popped up. And it goes, you have to squat, bench, and deadlift. And I was like, oh shit, I only deadlift and bench right now. I better learn how to squat. <laughs> so I think I, did, I learned how to squat in like three or four weeks and I did my first competition. And I've been squatting against the mirror. So my first competition, like you hear me, like you, I come out and it was my first squat without a mirror. And I'm like, whoa, like this. And then you see like, the audience going, oh my God, like I'm going to break something. <laughs> The support in there, like I felt, was so amazing that I was like, oh, "Man, I wish I had a powerlifting gym." We looked in LA, we didn't, and then so she knew I was super passionate about it. She got really into powerlifting, so we decided to um, open our first gym together, and then we called it Barbell Brigade. Yeah. Together. Well, I feel like you're missing a lot of steps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, the side, right? So there's the the filming part of it, like the sketch comedy side of it, and then that kind of. I ventured into like this BTS channel that we started and then that one kind of started which is JK Party then that one started morphing into like people were really interested in the lifestyle behind the scenes of the stuff that we were doing um so then we would just take the camera with us after a shoot when we would go eat at a restaurant we were interested about that and then we really started liking the dynamic within the group so then one time we played a game or something like that and people were like oh shit this is Ted like you guys play games really really cool so then that kind of slowly morphed into like this game show channel and, and like all we did was just play games on this channel it was like the tightest shit ever like these like we're like in our 30s and we're playing games for a living so we're like this is so cool. uh, and then from that point it went to uh like we always had like after the homies would eat or like the friendship like the friend group would go eat we would end up in a parking lot and we would still be talking in a group so bart was like hey why don't we just film our conversations these things are pretty interesting and then that was the birth of Just Kidding Muse, where um, we just talk about topics and we have our two sets on it. We're never right about anything. Uh, and we're just shooting the shit with our friends again. So that's Just Kidding Muse. What's the other one? I feel like there's one more person. Oh, Ask the Feels. Oh, that one. <laughs> All right. So in doing that, people started noticing that within the group, there was a bunch of relationships happening. And they also liked how open and raw we were about anything and everything. Like, Steffi, like you were so kind in the beginning to ask us if there was something that we would not want to talk about. And we were like, nah, you ask away. It's pretty much out there. Um, so then that kind of became the birth of uh, Ask the Feels where we would have callers call us and then they would ask us like really intimate questions about sex, relationship and stuff. And we would just put it all out there. Like the first time anyone in the group had anal or like, <laughs> is my dick size big enough? And we we're like, dude, your dick is big. 
like, don't worry. <laughs> uh, started happening. All while, um, this is when Bart was asking me if he could have a gym. You know, at that at that time we were living like in a garage, like literally like a garage. It was like, well, they don't like everyone looks at me funny when I'm like training and deadlifting, and, and he was kind of doing a lot of CrossFit movements into his training. So he's like, can I have a gym inside like our space? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we live in a garage. Like, no, of course you can. Um, it's more of a guest house. I think they're thinking like oil stain on the floor <laughs> with like, there's no drywall. It's, it's like a guest house. It was a guest house. That it was, was nice. It was a garage that turned into a but guest house. But the point is the limitation of space. I'm trying, right, right, right. I'm trying to get the picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, while we were, we had all these other channels going on. Then that's when uh, Bart was really looking into like trying to start his own gym because we had traveled to different powerlifting gyms. No shade on any of them. We love them all, but uh, it just wasn't our style. Um, and we were we also just didn't have the money to start our own because we just didn't realize the cost and the overhead for all that stuff. So then that's when we unintentionally kind of uh, what is it crowdsourced? Like crowdfunded. Yeah, crowdfunded, and we were like, hey, like we had this wild idea. Like we made a YouTube video. We're like, we have this wild idea. Hear us out. If you like this idea, um, we're going to start a shirt company. And with the shirt company, we eventually want to take this money and open up a gym. And uh, for the first 100 people that are down, this shirt doesn't even exist yet. And if you're down to have us open this gym, uh, you know, we're going to give you this lifetime membership for this dream. And, like, we got people signing up, like, right away. So we're like, oh, shit. I think we're going to open up a gym. And that's kind of like, you can take it away at that point. I love that. I always forget that, like, within JK, there's a bunch of other entities, too. So that's why I just love all of JK into one group. But yeah, like she said, there was JK Films, which is sketch comedy, JK Party, which became a game channel, Just Kidding News, just like a comedic talk show channel. And then Ask the Feels, that was our, uh, like, romantic Ask the Question channel. And so, yeah, we opened Barbell Brigade. Uh, We started Apparel to fund the gym. And then Apparel kind of took off on its own. And so it became its its own thing. And then I think because we had like our video production um, knowledge from the JK side of things, our some of our directors and editors from that side would come over and help out our Barbell Brigade YouTube channel. So I think that whole online thing started growing really big on its own. And we got to do like a lot of like more out of the box, like fun type of things. And um, along the way, uh, like our whole group, we love um, traveling as a group. Like, every, like at least once or twice a year, like our whole group would go and travel to like Asia or whatever, and Hawaii. Like we go there almost every year, and we're really passionate about food. So when one of our partners was uh, looking for um, people to join them in on food and kind of give critiques and help out with marketing, it was kind of like a no-brainer. And so uh, we we created uh, we actually first opened this popsicle bar called Pop Bar. I don't even know if I could be talking about, but fuck it. We opened a popsicle bar, and at our grand opening, um, at a ribbon cutting ceremony, we had like four hundred people there, and one fan randomly says, "Or take your pants off." And I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. So I took my pants off. I cut the ribbon. I still had underwear on. I cut the ribbon. And um, Pop Bar was a franchise, kind of like McDonald's. Like you franchise, uh, uh, you license the, the property. And some of the kids' moms wrote to corporate like, hey, I was at the thing. And this one of the owners 
uh, took his pants off. So the corporate came down hardcore and was like, you can't be doing that. You also can't be filming the kitchen. You also can't be filming all these things. So we're like, you know what? I don't think doing franchising is uh, the right way to go. Any food concept from now on, we're going to start from the ground up. So I think, you know, like most business people, like as you do more business, you're just trying to find more passive income. So that's why we're looking for franchises, right? We're like, here's a completely built out brand. Let's throw money at it and hopefully it comes back to me because I'm still focused on my own thing. But with the way that we like to market and get involved, we just didn't see eye to eye with like uh, the corporate side of things. So uh, that's when we started developing uh, Trip Daddy, which is based, it's like inspired by Hawaiian shrimp, Junbi, which is our matcha drink company, Chichi Dango, it's like our slush and ice cream. And then we have one that we just started developing, it's Japanese wings called Wing Chicks, but Corona happened. So, are those all uh, like physical locations, restaurants? Or how do those work? So, one of uh, Shrimp Daddy and Wing Chicks uh, in LA, there's this thing called Smorgasbord, and it's pretty much the biggest uh, food truck festival that happens every single Sunday. So that's where we go and test our concepts. And so Shrimp Daddy and, and uh, Wing Chicks have been doing really, really good. And we were looking to open our first Wing Chicks, I mean, our first Shrimp Daddy location in Long Beach. It was supposed to be October this year. Not sure if that's going to happen. But our June B, which is our drink shops, we have uh, two physical locations, one in West LA, one in East LA, and then we also have it there at Smorgasport. Wow. That's it, huh? Only that. That's a pretty new one, right? That's like the family one you guys do? Yeah, that one's been around for four minutes. Yeah, it's been around for a minute. Yeah, I think it's been around more. Well, we just haven't really pushed it that much until um, our kid Taika came around. Because I think it's like now like we have something I'm really excited to like film our life and just kind of see his development. So that's been pretty cool. Taika is more famous than all of us together. <laughs> yeah, man. Whenever we meet people, they're like, oh, Jake's not here. We're like, no, nah, sorry. They're like, oh, okay. And they just walk away. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. And you forgot. You did actually forget one thing. The show you guys are working on, right? I guess. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, that's a show that we're pitching under, like, the JK Films umbrella. So, like, um, on JK Films, we kind of took a break from all the short form content that we we're making. And we wanted to build, like, longer form with, like, longer shelf life. Because everything on YouTube, you put it up, and almost after a week, if it was an item, it expired. No one cares about it anymore, you know? So we were trying to build things more, like, for Netflix or for Hulu, where you put a movie up, and it's relevant for a few years. So uh, we came up with... um, I grew up in L.A., in the San Gabriel Valley, uh, during, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. And that's when it was, like, a huge like Asian gang culture. I call it like the Asian Compton, but no one knows about it because it's not really out there in the public eye. So I wanted to share stories from that time, but I also don't want to leave the comedy aspect. So instead of making it too serious, so it feels like like straight out of Compton, we made it where it we followed the least dangerous game of LA. Try to follow the rise and see what they do. <laughs> That's awesome. And you had yeah. uh, like some some industry people in there, right? Like Stacy D, I think was was in that, right? Is that she played yeah, a cop? So was there anyone um, else we know? You know Ann Funk. She's like this Asian chick, Asian coach. 
I'm not Lady. sure. Sounds familiar. Oh, I'm not she, sure. So she, uh, she played um, another cop. Uh, our buddy Tim Delegate, or Tim Chantaransu is his new name. He was on Wild and Out. He plays one of our cast. And there's a guy named Brandon Sue who, who was in Tropic Thunder. He's also um, in the cast. That's awesome. Gio, are you in it? No. Oh, yeah, I am. Uh, I just make an appearance real quick. Nice. You're like like the Larry David. You just make those low-key cameos. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I try to stay behind the scenes as much as possible. Yeah, she really actually doesn't really like being in front of the camera that much. And uh, I think she really just wants to focus on mommy and being behind the camera. I like building shit on the back end. That's fair. Yeah, so you said when when Gio first came on, you were... Just in, you were mostly in charge of like scheduling, organization, all those things. Is that the same now, or what? Like, what are both of your roles now within all of those different businesses? Um, well, I guess back in the day when we had the more sketch comedy stuff, they were the writers, and I was literally in charge of making that that come to life. So everything that went in the script, I was in charge of all of it. Um, whoops! And then I was cast uh, for that, and I did some administrative stuff, but. That was just, like, very... Like, I was doing a lot of booking and negotiations and stuff for them. Um, like, they, they had college shows. Like, I did all of that stuff, negotiated those deals. Um, and then it moved... Like, as soon as I became a mom, I really wanted to... Re- and I had Barbell at the time. Like, I just really wanted to focus on building Barbell and then focus on mommy. So, at that point, most recently, like, I'm just cast now when it comes to the JK stuff. Uh, I just show up. I do my... You know, I dance and do whatever I got to do. And I just head home. That's, like, the best. Um, and then um, uh, for Barbell, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm, like, CEOing the whole thing. Cool. Get your partner. <laughs> yeah, fun. go get it. I bought, so okay. I, bought, I bought you this thing. So, um, for, so, like, I think with Barbell, um, everything we've done, we've never really followed, like, the traditional business structure you know it was kind of just like okay, what do you want to do what do i want to do and um i think it works really good in like the creative field but then when it came to barbell and like i think we had like a real deep like um heart to heart earlier this year in january we were like where do we want to take it um how long do we want this company to last and what's the ultimate vision and it started growing because there's like like 20 people in the gym staff, 20 people in like corporate staff. So it just became like this big old thing. And then now we have like employees that are like 50 years old. So I feel bad if they ever have to find another job, you know, I'm like, damn, this thing has to get more and more serious. Mm-hmm. So uh, this year we kind of had like a really big heart to heart with me, Gio and our COO to kind of see what roles like we actually want to fit and stay in what actually suits each person. So, um, I've been kind of the CEO for like the first five, six years. And then I realized that's what I hate doing. I just want to be a clown in front of the camera and lift and meet cool people like you and, and design clothes, like everything creative. That's me. And Gio, because of her producer background and just her personality, she's much better at keeping the ball rolling, things afloat, meeting timeline schedules and stuff like that. So this year I bought her this uh, placard. Did you create it? Motherfucking <laughs> CEO. <laughs> I love it. He's so proud of it. That goes on Gio's desk. What's your placard say? I don't even have one. Oh, man. Do you even work there? You gotta ask the CEO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess the earnings. Mine's a napkin. 
I love that. I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic. We've spoken about this uh, coincidentally over the last week. Um, you know, one is the dynamic with your partner, you know, and figuring out like what you're good at, not only what you're good at, but what you actually want to do, like what areas of the business you actually want to get involved in. You know, and it seems like you guys kind of gravitated towards initially you gravitated towards the thing that things that you were best at. And now you're in a position where you you can actually choose what things you want to be involved in, and which ones you don't want to be involved in. And then the, and then the other thing is, is the vision and kind of the sense of responsibility that comes from growing a company from nothing into something big where a lot of people depend on you. And how much that weighs on you. And I find it interesting, uh, Bart, that you mentioned, uh, you know, that you you went from kind of like a, a managerial position where you're like delegating, giving people orders, making sure that things get done to. And, and I'm sure that that's the reason why you wanted to work for yourself. Right. Like you didn't want people to tell you what to do. And now you're in a position where you're like, oh, shit, I kind of just want to be told what to do and just be a goof in front of the camera and come in, do my job and leave. Like I share that sentiment because we feel the same way. And I feel, I feel the same way where like I, it's hard because there's no, um, there's no rule book or kind of like for, for what we do, there's no guidelines or rule book for how to grow. How do you grow a a entertainment YouTube channel or like, how do you, there's just, there's no previous generation that sort of paved the way. Like these jobs didn't exist. And now we have all these jobs. And now it's like well. we have to figure it out <laughs> as we go. Yeah. But. So so and it gets tough. It gets tough and it gets um, stressful for sure. So I feel you on the like wanting to get removed and just do the things that you're good at. I'm like you, Bart. Like I'm creative. I like being in front of the camera. I like talking in front of the camera. I like teaching. Uh, and I've I've been finding myself like attending less and less to like company meetings. You know, things where, like, we're talking about app development and IT and boring shit that I don't want to hear about. Like, and and at the beginning, I felt so bad about it, right? Because, like, I would skip them. I would just make up an excuse. I wouldn't even, like, admit to myself that I was, like, consciously wanting to skip it. I would just be like, oh, I have an appointment or I have to, you know, I have a podcast I scheduled or whatever. Mm -hmm. To literally just, like, falling asleep in meetings and being like, suck it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Now you know where where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. You literally fell asleep in a meeting not too long ago. Yeah, I didn't even notice because she was like kind of like kind of behind me, and we were on Zoom because we were traveling, and something came up where we needed Steffi's input. I'm like, yeah, stuff, and she's just oh, out, no. out cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, so usually it's me in the meetings now, and then I just tell her what. what I happens. mean, if that's not a boss ass move, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Is that uh, what uh, your guys' kind of like distribution of duties is? Aiden is more of like the managerial. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, managerial finance. Uh, like, if anyone has a problem, they usually come to me for it. All, all that fun stuff, you know. Yeah, it's totally exciting. <laughs> we're, the same, we're the same person. Yeah. Dude, we started. What's interesting is that Steffi programs for you, so there is that other back end stuff where you're like, I don't want anything to do with it. You do all of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was actually been a huge was a huge relief because I just kept hurting myself. <laughs> I was like, somebody save me from myself, and then I have access to one of the best powerlifters in the world, so it was an easy choice. Smart move, Bo. Yeah. Smart move. <laughs> Hell yeah. Respect. 
Yeah. Uh, how did you guys meet? Was it through that, just through Barber Brigade and, and hiring Gio? No, no, no. So we, uh, we met through mutual friends maybe even two or three years before any of the JK stuff even started. Yeah. Oh, we were okay. friends uh, and we really hated each other. So really? timeline is like probably met back <laughs> in 2003, 2004 maybe, or 2004, 2005. And then we got together in 2008. Yeah. I thought he was so annoying and disgusting. And <laughs> and I hated it. Well, and was, what I was, was the turning point? Uh, so, uh, this gets juicy. <laughs> um, so I was actually. She was at my powerlifting meet and she was like, damn, who's that guy? I was like, oh, that guy's so weak. I feel so bad. Let me take care of him. No. Um, <laughs> no, I was actually dating his best friend at the time. Ooh, um, it is juicy. Yeah, right? yeah, Damn, la hora del té, señores. No, so uh, when I came into the picture, it, I think their friendship was kind of already falling apart. So I'm not like a friend record or anything. Um, and then, yeah, like we just were in the same circle of friends. And then um, I broke up, or me and that boyfriend, we broke up. But I still remain friends with everyone, and like we would go snowboarding, we would hang out and stuff. And one time, uh, we did the homie thing again. Where hey, we're gonna go snowboarding. Let's let's go. It was me, him, and a couple other friends were supposed to go. Last minute, he actually planned it. Um, and I and I'm always like, you did this on purpose. But little by little, he says everyone started slowly dropping out. So then it ended up just being him picking me up at my place, and I'm like, man, this could be awkward as fuck. Like I don't like this guy. We've never really talked. <laughs> Like, I can't flake on him. He's right outside my door. Oh, well, I guess I have to go. So we head up to the mountain, and we get snowed in. Um, so they, they have to stop everything because snow had fallen on the road. So we had to sit in his car for hours, and that was the first time we actually talked and, like, really connected as, like, people that didn't hate each other. And I think that, for me, at least, was the turning point where I'm like, damn, this guy's really cool, and I can't stop thinking about him. Wow. Wow. It's like a romantic comedy. <laughs> Bart, what about you? Like, what what were you feeling? Were you always attracted uh, to her? I mean, I always thought she was really pretty, but uh, but when she was in the group, I always felt like she was a bitch. So she was <laughs> 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 and that annoyed me because, like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky I'm person. a Latina, all right? I have attitude. I have fire. Hell yeah. So I'm a pretty, like, happy-go-lucky person. So, like, um, I... I hate it when we go like eat and everyone's like, oh, isn't this pizza awesome? And then someone's like, oh, but I had better. There's always something. There's always something that has to get thrown in there. I'm like, oh, God, there she fucking goes again. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a Latina thing. It's the, uh, uh, I'm going to call it the uh, good, not great syndrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's like good with an asterisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, but I've had better. It's <laughs> alright, it's good. So it's, it was always like that, and I think when we got snowed in, and like the, all the cars on the freeway had to turn their, their ignition off. Like that's how much we weren't moving. And then I guess we just started to talk, and uh, after we got to talking, like I didn't, I realized, oh, she actually is not a bitch. She's actually really, really cool on the inside. <laughs> And um, from that point on, I think we started talking a lot more. And then it did feel weird, though, because I'm like, wait, this guy's date, my friend. That's so weird. Even though me and my friend, we started, like, already, um, like, parting ways. It just felt kind of weird. So we ended up having to, like, like, for me, I don't like doing things 
behind people's back. So even like I told her, I'm like, before we take this forward, I gotta go talk to. Yeah, we haven't even kissed or anything yet. Yeah, we're like, we can't be doing. I know you wanna, you can't keep your lips off. No, no, it was. I gotta go talk to my friend. So I went to go talk to him, and it was the awkward conversation. I'm like, hey, you know the chick used to date. We started talking, but before things move on, I want to know if I her blessing. So I just want to make sure everything was in line. <laughs> yeah, and we had that conversation, and I think at that time he was already doing his own thing so much that I don't really care. And then so me and her got together. Wow. Wow. What if you said? What if you said he did care? What would have happened? You better fight for me. I don't know. Good question. Who would have fought? Who would have fought for me? <laughs> That's good. Just say that part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait, so do you consider that the first date or was there an official first date? Hmm. This is wild. So, like, uh, before meeting Bart, I didn't care to get married. I didn't care to have kids. I was just like, you know, I, I didn't, YouTube didn't exist for me. It was like I was in finance and I was just going to climb the corporate ladder and I was going to um, probably get married by 28. Like, I, was, I had this traditional route that I was already going to take. Um, so... Yeah, like I wasn't, I wasn't really planning on much of like getting married or anything like that. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, what was the question? Oh, like, was that a formal first date? Is that was that my question? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. What right, was right, the first date? Okay, okay. So I'm setting it up. There we go. That's what happened. My bad. Um, so I didn't believe in like romance. I felt like uh, once you meet someone that you're compatible with, then you kind of just fall in love with them, right? So I didn't believe in like love at first sight or soulmates or any of that stuff. But when we got snowed in. Um, and I really connected with him and it was like this weird, like it felt like I had met him in a past life and I don't really believe in that stuff either, but it just felt like I had this really deep connection with him that that already felt like way more profound than having like a first date type of scenario, if that makes sense. That's fair. Gotcha. So that's why I did all that backstory. Okay, that's fair. Okay, what well, now? But it was like a deep connection right away. Okay, now the most important question. This is a yes or no question. Sex on the first date. <laughs> No, not you. I'm saying in general. No. In general? Yes. If you ask me, I'll probably say yes. Yeah, if we weren't together, yes, all the time. Like, for sure. Back then, no. Hey, did you guys ever make it to the mountain? Yes. We got, we ended up, they opened it up, and we ended up getting there at like probably like 7 or 8 p.m. And then we're like, I guess we'll do an hour of night boarding. Yeah, so we made it. Okay, hold on. Uh, follow up. Most important question. Second to the mo first most important question. Um, blow job on the first date. Yes or no? No. Yes. <laughs> no. No. I have to see. Like I have to make sure his fingernails are good. Like I have to make sure like his hair is groomed. Like there's a lot of little things I have to look for before I, I can decide anything. Okay, second date. Second date. Blow job. Yes or no? <laughs> A week. She's got to see all the different months. parts. What if what if the guy's wearing shoes? She's got to see the toenails. You know, exactly. like you what are you gonna be suckling on his toes? No, but you gotta. She wants to just but see. Yeah, like you if this guy's got boogers and food in his teeth and his nails are all dirty, like what's that gonna look like? Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? That's He's fair. Have or some shit. <laughs> that's fair. Yo, I feel so. I've been listening to a lot of call her daddy lately. <laughs> and I feel like it's internally corrupting me. Why? Because you just want to be a hoe and like... No, <laughs> because I've been like so good my entire life, you know? Like I've been... 
I feel like I've been a nun. And now I'm being exposed to like how girls who have fun are. And I'm like, yeah, girl, you know? Oh, man. Like, yeah. Well, no more listening to that podcast for you. (laughs) How old are you? 28. Oh, okay. Man, you still got time. I mean, no, you don't have time. (laughs) You're married, but like, um, I mean, who knows? We've even had conversations about eventually, right? Like, because things change in a relationship. Like, even just your hormones change. Like, every 10 years or so, I don't know what the number is, but like, we we change, right? Um, So we've even had the conversation of like, hey, when we get older and maybe your libido's less or whatever happens, like, would you be down to have like either an open relationship or like, experiment in that area and to get into some entanglements to get into <laughs> <laughs> I think we would be open to it you know like 2021 you'd say no in the future you mean next year <laughs> next week <laughs> but I was like you like I, I didn't go on a date until like I knew the person for at least a month like if this person had to be pursuing me for at least a month I had to see where they were coming from like I did a lot of it where I don't, I didn't sleep around with a lot of people. So yeah, me neither. Maybe I should listen to Call Her Daddy too and I'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you listened to Call Her Daddy though? No, it, I, a little bit and it's not really my cup of tea. No, I, I thought it yeah. wasn't mine either, but you get some gems out of that, you know? Oh, okay. Some <laughs> legit educational advice. Oh, what was the thing that you learned? I uh, learned several things. All kinds of moves. Yeah, all sorts of moves. <laughs> What's um, <laughs> Yeah, they legit had a they legit had a full episode on on how to suck a dong. Really? Yeah. Like different different techniques, different techniques. Like for girls that have like bad gag reflex, you know, he, she tells you what to do with your hands and all that stuff. Or or if you want to try something different, like clockwise, counterclockwise, two fingers on, like she's doing the Lord's work. Yeah, she really is. She's making the world a better place, honestly. <laughs> she really is. She really is. I would vote for her as president. Yeah, no, The Rock. The Rock. It. No, The Rock. You yeah. can't turn your back on her boy. I'm no. with you. I'm with you with The Rock. The Rock, yeah. Actually... Isn't he the best person on, on like, is he the best man? I think, I think so. so. I think so, but honestly, I'm going to just hold back a little bit until this whole Wayfair shit fucking <laughs> unfolds, because, like, Tom Hanks is going under the bus, and Chrissy Teigen, like, there's so many people that... <laughs> I have, yeah, yeah. But it's a conspiracy theory, no? Yeah. But is it like how? Certain certain things, the math is just kind of weird, and I don't like conspiracy theories because I'm always like, let me hear all the sides. You know what I mean? But this one, I'm like, I'm gonna hold off on the rock. I always, I always call it where like you don't know that they have a dog just yet, but there's sure a lot of shit on the front lawn. Yeah, he'd be perfect, honestly. Well, has he been implicated by the conspiracy theorists? No. Okay. Not Thank yet, God. she's saying. They wouldn't dare. They wouldn't dare. He's too, way too good of a guy. That's what I said Great about guy. Tom Hanks. He's Woody. He's like, he's a big for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, I love him. Yeah, but you know what? He got coronavirus, and that was a sign of weakness, and then they went after him. You gotta be careful. Yeah, don't get caught. The Rock has no weakness. No. He's immortal. Yeah, no. He'll live forever. <laughs> Um, guys, Chris D'Elia, thoughts? Uh, I don't even, so, 
I don't even know the full story. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and also, like, he's friends of friends, so he's kind of close. So yeah, I don't even know. I mean, if he, um, what I what I don't like is I don't like this online cancel culture. Yeah. Where I think if if a girl has a problem with Chris, they need to go through the criminal justice system. It's there for a reason. Because mm-hmm. once people start like having that mob mentality and they already prove them guilty, it's really dangerous. Because then now he is getting the consequences of being guilty or even worse without anything that's proven. So for me, I'm all for the criminal justice system. And if he is guilty, roast the fuck out of him, destroy his life because then he deserved it, right? But I think before that, it kind of sucks if people prematurely damage them and then once you start like damaging someone it, there's almost no turning back no you're i love that he, he's totally right i like i don't think that people understand the power that social media can have on on someone's reputation especially if they're a, yeah. a big public figure like that exactly exactly yeah. so because now if you were to come out innocent right like if you're not following up on it you're just gonna have this tarnished image of him where it's like well, did he pay someone did he get away or you just didn't follow up and you just still continue to think that he that whomever we're talking about is a bad person yeah so, yeah look i just feel like it's you, you would literally have to be insane to take two roles that both involve pedophilia or like underage girls and then also do that because in Workaholics and in you, you, he played two roles where he was like a guy involved with underage girls. And I'm like, you're either just like one, the ballsiest guy on earth two, you're completely out of your mind or three, like there's just no way you did it. You know, and I, I, I hope for the last one because me too. I, I was, I've always been a big fan. So it would suck to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. I know. I love him so much. I, I hope that he's going to be okay. <laughs> I miss his post, man. Dude, the, the, I used I to listen to his podcast I check it every time. day to see if he's made a post. I know, I know. I refresh the, the iTunes podcast thing every morning. <laughs> ah, still nothing. You know what? Did you guys hear about the uh, Justin Bieber thing? Which one? The Yummy thing? No, he, I wasn't. So a girl like accused him of something similar. And oh, right. and then he actually he sued there was two girls and he sued them for I think ten million whole, nice. so five million each. And if they're if they were just like fishing for money, and I hope he wins, and I hope that sort of like sends a message to all the people who are kind of doing that sort of thing. Cause oh, I yeah. think, you know, I think like you said, even I'm sure there's a million, not a million, but I'm sure there's a lot of cases where you hear about this initial thing and then you just don't bother to follow up on it because it's not necessarily a celebrity that interests you, you know, or that you would have heard about otherwise. And now you just have this like tarnished image of this person forever. You know? Yeah. They better leave my beaver alone, man. <laughs> they're the Biebs, they're coming after our Canadians now. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. <laughs> you're, you're Canadian, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I honestly, I, I hope that, that he didn't actually do anything and that justice is served in his favor, if that was the case, and that that teaches people a lesson, that, like, you can't just go around, like, saying whatever you want about people and thinking that there's not going to be a consequence, you know? like And also, like, you're 
twisting your words and 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 choosing what what parts of the story you want to present to make your point like it's it's confirmation bias you know you're just trying to make an argument convince people that that's what happened without like you said listening to the other side of the story or understanding the background of what led to that instance or that moment and people need to be punished for that like you can't just try to ruin someone else's reputation for for nothing right yeah yeah what sucks too these days is kind of going along with the that the two sides thing if the other person wants to keep the fifth technically that's their right too you know but it's almost in these days if you don't say anything you're, you're, you're just as guilty and yeah that's not right too like we have these laws put in place so we can reach justice which is the ultimate goal but i think people they want to just emotionally bend so hard that it's throwing we're not going to get to justice because we're not following the rules that we all agree we're going to do. Yeah. So, like, I think, like, like, like for example, if uh, Chris D'Elia shouldn't even have to make an apology video or just if they're if they're innocent, right? They, they shouldn't have to do any of that uh, if he was like, I'm just going to wait till court. I don't want to say anything. My lawyer has already advised me to not say anything. I always want to wait till court. That should be okay. Versus people probably demanding you got to say something or probably bombarding his friends. Hey, you guys got to talk about Chris. And now they put all of Chris's friends in weird positions too. Yeah. It just kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. Dude, they freaking, they try to cancel me when all the uh, Black Lives Matter yeah. thing happened. Yeah. There was like a group of girls that were going after me, like, like starving hyenas, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because look, for it, it first happened because I didn't want to make a statement about anything. Like I didn't want to say anything because I knew that whatever I say, it's gonna be taken out of context, no matter what it is. It's always yeah. gonna like affect a group of people. You know what I mean? And for me, like my stance at least with the whole movement is, I want to learn as much as I can about it. I want to talk to people who've been affected by it and learn about their experiences. I want to share their stories and I want to change the 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 company my company culture to become more uh, inviting to black athletes and and black people in general and start portraying that image. You know, like I want to actually take steps and actions that will make a difference. I didn't feel like me saying ex- that. Look, why is my opinion matter? I'm not an activist. I'm also not black. I also didn't even grow in this, grow up in this country. So I don't understand the cultural implications of this whole dilemma. So I feel like my opinion didn't really matter. And also by the time that you were catching flack for that, people like the awareness was raised. Nobody didn't know who George Floyd was. Nobody didn't know how serious the situation was. Like literally the entire country was protesting and even other countries. Like it was known worldwide. So it's like, it's not like you had to use your platform for awareness. At least I felt in that situation at that particular time. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, they tried to cancel me and then I used words to explain why it was wrong and why they're wrong for thinking those things about me in it which we found out you're not allowed to do you're not allowed to do that you're not allowed to defend yourself oh yeah you're not because if you defend if you defend yourself then you're taking away from the argument or from from the important issue and bringing attention back to yourself and that's that's a, a huge problem online apparently so yeah, it was, a, it was a whole thing. Yeah, dude, <laughs> here's what happens. You know, people take jabs at you. They throw punches at you. And then you try to be like, oh, wait, wait, one second. And then they'd be like, why are you being defensive? <laughs> it's like, are you serious, man? You just beat the shit out of me. Am I going to just like sit here and bleed out? 
I'm yeah. gonna say something, you know, and and you have to. But I think you know. I think your actions spoke for themselves. Yeah. And you know the things that we've decided to do with the company and raising money and doing all those things. So it ended up she didn't get canceled. No. It was a poor yeah. attempt. It was a poor attempt at a cancellation. Yeah, I think it's even uh, weird when people just cross industries or genres to ask for advice. You know, like Bradley Martin. What do you think about BLM? And that fool's like, dude, I just want to lift weights on hoverboards. Can you fucking just chill the fuck out? You know? yeah. And you know, we don't do that across the board. Like, I don't go like, hey, Donald Trump, what do you think about keto? <laughs> we don't do that. It's just, you ask politicians politics, let people do what they're supposed to do. And it's just, it's crazy that they're just crossing. Like well, that. I think what happens is, at least with like people in our space, they have like this really intimate connection to you, right? They really relate to you, and they have a, a quicker access to you, right? Like people can reach to you, uh, to you guys with just a with just a saying, "Hey, I love your picture," and then you might reply to that. Like the chances of them connecting with you on that level, like, is a lot more intimate. Um, so I think they, you build like this trust with your fan base, and and because of that trust, they feel like you wouldn't do them. You wouldn't steer them wrong. So I think for that reason, and they look up to you for that reason, um, that's why they want to hear you input on things. Because they're like, well, they, you're someone that I respect and I relate to and I and I vibe with. So what are your thoughts on this? And, and you be, become their friend. You know who I'm close with? So I'm close with our pool guy. And I'm not going to ask him for relationship advice. He's not going to be fucking... <laughs> <But> he's showing <laughs> you... Hey, what do you think I should do? But if he was showing you how beautiful his relationship is with his wife for 40 years... I'm and like, shut the this. fuck up. I'm just, you're, we're here to talk pools. I want to talk pH levels. I want to talk chlorine levels. You would be like, you'd be like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not, having trouble with my wife. You've had a really successful 40-year marriage. What's, what's the secret, man? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I do see where I do see where you're coming from yeah. with that. But I feel like people should also respect, like, given that level of trust and that like connection you have. If somebody who follows you asks for your opinion and you say you're not comfortable sharing it, they should also yeah, appreciate that. You know, so it's kind of like I don't know. You just can't make everybody happy, mm-hmm. so it's, you're gonna take some yeah. heat sometimes. But what? Yeah, you can. Before you go, I'm interested in, um, like, what what. What's up next for you guys and what are you most passionate about? Is there like something you're doing right now that's kind of like taking the majority of your attention? Like what what's going on in your life? Uh, right now, for me at least, the most the thing that's taking the most of my attention besides being a mom, um, that one's pretty huge, is just elevating She's a really up. good mom, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she looks like one. Yeah, she looks like one. Um, yeah, it's just it's just elevating barbell more. Uh, my ultimate goal with barbell is to not be involved in barbell at all. Like, it's to have it set up, have you know the key players running the whole thing, and I just want to like moonwalk on out of it and just be like, oh yeah, that's tight. And then I don't know. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Same for you, Bart. Uh, for me, the, the two main things I'm really focusing on is uh, one, I do want to get a show sold or funded or something so we're really active in that process and the other part of it is kind of cleaning up the barbell brigade stuff like we were talking about earlier and just like establishing systems establishing clear goals because for me i think um like one thing i love about our fan base is for me there's no question about me being a lifelong athlete that's for sure something i'm going to do regardless if it's running or kickboxing or uh, synchronized swimming whatever the hell it's going to be i'm going to I just like being active, right? And I think one thing that's super cool about 
our audience is that no matter where I take the athleticism and fitness journey, they follow along, even though it started off powerlifting, which is really, really cool. So I just want to keep making like cool content about fitness and making fitness relatable and having fun. And I think in order for me to really focus my efforts on that, we gotta we gotta clean up all the boring stuff like the meetings and the finance and all that those type of meetings. So that's one thing that we're really focusing on this year. Cool. Hey, who came up with your uh, slogan? Dominate humbly. Yeah. Uh, we both did. It was actually um, humble domination. Was it? I forgot. But we had like a whole thing. Dude, the gym was supposed to be called Hell, and I'm like, I don't think we can call it Hell. I like that. Hell? No, I think you made a good choice with Barbell Brigade over (laughs) Hell, for sure. Yeah, I was like, cool. How many people are going to be like, I want to go to Hell and train? It's like, I don't know. Because my old goal goal for for training was I have to fry my CNS. Like, if I said that, I'm going to almost feel like I'm dying. So I wanted to call it Hell, but she's like, I think you're just going to like rule out at least all the Christian market. <laughs> that is true. For sure. That that's uh, your slogan. That's something that Steph and I have talked about in the past and honestly might be the best one in fitness. Yo, I'm always oh. like, I'm always like, I wish I didn't know them and I could steal it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so jealous of it. I look at it and I'm like, shit, why didn't I come up with that? It's tough, you know. It's it, so good. It walks such like a, a good fine line between, you know, a lot of gyms, especially in powerlifting, they take this like super, super aggressive approach and it's kind of yeah. off-putting or they'll go like the complete opposite way. And it's like this so teeny bopper, like SpongeBob SquarePants type Ned Flanders feel, you know, but you guys are just like, right, <laughs> like right in the middle there. And it's like, it's got the aggressive part and it's got the kind of like, you know, the humble part. And yeah, I think you guys absolutely oh, nailed it with that you. one. Yeah. All of my that spirit so like from like Kobe Bryant Michael Jordan like just people that like they really kill it and they almost go I'll let my work speak for itself I don't have to go around bragging about even though I, I like athletes like that that are like I really, love that really confident too but <laughs> like even my favorite MMA fighter of all time Anderson Silva like he was just he kills it and then he almost just walks away like he just has this coolness to him uh-huh. so I think when we were coming up with it it was like what 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 do we admire about people and what do we strive to achieve? And that's yeah. where we came up. I, I also think that within athletes, like there's a difference between being confident and being arrogant. You know, like yes. you can you can you can be humble but be loud. Especially yeah. when like you're on the competition floor. But there's a different like dominating humbly to me at least is like when the lights are off, you know, when the cameras are are off, like, are you kind to the people around you? Like, you're a big shot. You're a big star. Are you still able to, like, connect to people on, like, a human level? Like, do you treat people with kindness and love and respect, even if they're not on your level? Other athletes or, like, just people on the street or cashier or whatever. That, that to me, is, like, what Dominate Humbly means. Because you can be loud and aggressive and scream on the platform, on the ring, whatever, and then still be, like... Humble when you're yeah. Yeah, in front of people. Yeah, that's a good take. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was, you know, I was going to say where can people find you, but I feel like everybody kind of knows where to find you. Yeah, you, you guys know? are is easy there, to find. Is there anything in particular you want to direct people to from this podcast? Um, just 
Just check out our website, barnabergate.com. You can find everything there. You can get these, these dope sweaters up no, there. That one you <laughs> I love that she wears it. Awesome, guys. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I'll link all your stuff uh, you know, in the show notes. And we're definitely going to have to go in on uh, a part two at some Hell point. Oh, yeah. This was too fast. It felt like we were just warming up. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Yeah. Let's Bye. keep in touch. Bye.